several years ago, and that was in pre-pandemic times, and which seems to me like a whole lifetime ago. I sat in a lecture theatre at the University of Melbourne, listening as the Melbourne-based researcher and climate activist, David Spratt, asked a question of the speaker. And in setting the context, David mentioned that if even all those countries which had signed up to the Paris Agreements honoured their commitments, the world was still bound for temperature increases of about 3.7 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. I was astounded. And my first reaction was to seriously doubt the observation. But since then, I've heard similar statements made by a variety of climate scientists from around the world. Climate scientists from disparate institutions with no immediate or obvious connection other than the climate science they specialize in. Welcome to Climate Conversations. It's so great to have you on board. I am your host, Robert McLean. Climate Conversations is assembled here in Shepparton, in Northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. The David Spratt observation has lived with me ever since. And just today, reading Humanity's Moment, A Climate Scientist of Hope, by the Australian climate scientist from the, National Univers- the Australian National University, Dr. Joel Gerges, I came across similar information. Dr. Gerges was writing about reports from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and she wrote, It's a very blunt warning that unless we drastically change course and cut emissions in half by 2030, we are on track for catastrophic levels of warning that will profoundly alter life on Earth. I'm about 20% of the way through humanity's moment, and I'm looking forward to what's ahead, as I'm eager to read about what Joel Gerger sees as the climate scientist's case for hope. I'm thoroughly enjoying humanity's moment, and you'll find a link for the book in the show notes. Writing on the conversation, Michelle Gretner said, Anthony Albanese has said it would be appropriate for King Charles to continue his advocacy on the challenge of climate change. She continues, That's a matter for him, of course, Albanese said on Sunday. But in my view, it would be appropriate. I think dealing with the challenge of climate change shouldn't be seen as a political issue. It should be seen as an issue that is about humanity. It's about a very quality of life and survival as a world, he told the ABC. It's a big threat and King Charles has identified that for a long period of time. I think engagement in issues is very different from engagement in party political issues. The Grattan story can be found in the show notes. Then an SBS story asks, Will Charles's King mean an end to his climate change activism? The story says, He's well known for his views in the environmental threat of climate change, but in Charles' first address as King, Australia's new head of state appeared to give some insights into how we will proceed on the issue. It will no longer be possible for me to give so much of my time and energy to the charities and issues of which I care so deeply, he said. But I know this important work will go on in the trusted hands of others. You'll find a link to the SBS story in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. I appreciate the fact that you're here. So until we talk again, I urge you all to take care, stay safe, and please be kind. For everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And there's just two more things. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends. 
And please don't forget to check out the show notes, as I'll put a few links in there to help you better understand the implications and complications of the climate crisis. So until we talk again, please take care.